Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. You know, I want to talk vision. I want to talk about who we are as a church. Is it, is it really, is it about... You know, the worship team singing new songs and, and we do a closing song and transition. Is it about the pastor having all the answers, which I don't, by the way. Angie does. Um, and so uh, what is it about? What, what is it really about? Why, why do we exist? Why do we come on Sunday morning? Do we feel guilt tripped into it? Do we have to be here? Why did Pastor Chris go to two services? Wasn't one enough? Why do we do all of that? What, what is the deal? Why? Why? And so what is the biblical model for us? How does this all look? And, and where are we headed as a church? Maybe you're going, you know what? I'm, I'm a little new here. I'm still trying to figure out everything that the bridge is. And so I kind of want to unpack that in the remainder of our time this morning. And what I want to do is this. I want us to take a drone's eye view of what is taking place in the church to get us all in the same. You know what a drone is? Okay. A drone's eye view. If you don't know what a drone is, they're like the coolest thing in the world that they fly up. And um, one of my sons has one. It's got like four different propellers. And some of them have cool things on it that you can actually have a, you know, a videographer that can actually see it or video camera plugged onto it. It used to be a bird's eye view, but that's like so 20th century. So now it's a drone's eye view, okay, of where we're headed. Where are we going? What are we doing? Um, the theme this year that I really want to do, and themes can be a little weird, themes can be a little awkward, and we can, you know, uh, we can be like, eight reasons Jesus is coming back in 1988. You know, that's our theme, is we're prepared for the end of the world. Well, in Bible school, there was that book right on the shelf, eight, 88 reasons Jesus was coming back in 1988, not eight reasons. Right next to it, no joke, was 89 reasons Jesus is coming back in 1989, Okay. That was the theme back then. We're getting ready for the end of the world. Well, okay, then that'll probably happen someday, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus our eyes on Christ, okay? And so Christ has given us a command. He's given us a commission as a church. What is that commission as a church? The commission of our church really, I believe, as I've been praying for the next year, is really simply this. We're a life-giving church, but our life-giving church needs to be a church without walls, okay? It's really simple. Now, I'm not talking physically like, does that mean, Pastor Chris, we're having a lot of outdoor services? No. What it really means is that we want to continue to be a church that's not about us. It's not about maintenance mode. It's about those that aren't sitting with us right now. It's about those that don't yet know Christ. And I can tell you there are some within our community that don't yet know. When they all know, cool, we can be a church with walls now, but we're not there yet, and nor do we ever want to get there, right? If you agree with me, say, yeah. Here we go. Um, how many know this is very, very important this year? I'm just going to move this to the side here a little bit. Do you know what we celebrated this week in our culture? Very, very important. 50 years of the Star Trek anniversary. Are you kidding me? This is like vital. You didn't know that? Wow. I mean, this is like, this is really important stuff. Okay. How many have ever watched Star Trek more than once? All right, all right, nice. You know, my wife, okay, I'm like a Star Trek geek, okay? And my wife said when the new Star Trek movie came out, she said, I want to go with you. She went with me to see Star Trek. Yeah, and you know what? We went to the IMAX theater, and I thought it was just because she likes Chris Pine, but she actually wanted to be with me. And so we go, you know what they gave us at the new Star Trek movie? Did you see it, the new one? 
Did you see that IMAX? You know what they give you? They give you like one of those beam you up Scotty pins. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what they're called, but I have one. It doesn't work, but I have one. It's cool. So I tried. So here, here's the theme from Star Trek. Maybe you've heard this before. Space. The. You guys are all nerdy, man. All right. These are the voyages of the starship. It's five-year mission or it's new mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. I've always wanted to say that. But here's how I think it should go. Maybe. Maybe not. All right, it's all right. We had music for it. But here's how I want it to go. St. Francis and the surrounding community. This is the vision of the Bridge Church. Its mission to remain life-giving, to reach out to those in need, to make Jesus famous through changed lives, to boldly go wherever Christ would call. I think we should all get uniforms for that, right? All right, so here's what I want to do today. I have four characteristics I want to give you for us to be a church without walls. Number one is this, real simply, is believe. Believe, okay? Believing God for what seems impossible. How, how many have this gift? Can you believe God for the impossible? This is me, okay? And some of us were realists. Nope, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. I'm not a realist, man. I'm an optimist, okay? And to me, optimist is being a realist, but we'll talk about that later. I think God can do the impossible. I'll give you an idea. Not only was I a Star Trek geek, I was a Superman geek. Come on, somebody. Any Superman geeks? Yeah. All right, like three of us. And so as Superman geek, what I would do as a three or four-year-old, I don't remember how old I was, but I'd come up onto my couch and I would, you know, I would put on the cape, had the pajamas, you know, with the, the cool little, you know, red underwear stuff and all that. And, and I would stand up on my couch, no joke, and I thought I could fly. I li- Praise God, I didn't think I could jump higher, okay? I'm up on the couch and I'm thinking, I can be Superman. And you ever done that? You're not, okay? And and I thought I could do the impossible, and so I'd jump off the couch onto my knees. And I would do it over and over and over. My parents would try to stop me, and I'm like, no, I'm going to fly one day. You just watch. Still waiting. And, and so finally one day, though, I'd jump off, and I couldn't move my legs as a kid. And as a kid, you're going, what's wrong with me? And my, my parents had to bring me to the hospital. They found out like I, I injured some nerve or something. Eventually, I was fine. But I thought I could do anything. I thought, you know what? I believe that God can do it. He can make me fly if I want. Do we think that crazily about what God can do in the Bridge Church? Are we that? Or do we focus individually? I'm asking for us to focus corporately. What can God do with a group of people within this community that seems impossible without God? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love this verse because it's so black and white. You can come to God, but we got to believe that he actually exists. If we come to him and we don't believe that he exists, well, what's he going to do? Do you believe that God exists? I do. How often are we concerned with the one that will spend an eternity away from God? How often do we think about it? I know it's not, it's not a happy thought, but how often do we think about the one person that's maybe even our, in our lives 
that will spend an eternity away from God. Do we focus on that? Do we think about that person? Do we ask God, God, what what can I do? What can I do to be that life-giving example? What can I do? I have to tell you, I'm going to pick on my cousin Troy and myself for a moment. If Troy is our drummer, if you don't know, we're related. Um, He's the better, Vincent, I learned. Um, But if there is hope for both of us, I can guarantee you that both of us thought there was no hope for either one of us, okay? If there's hope for, he's in the back there, if there's hope for Troy and there's hope for me, there is literally hope for anyone in this community. Can I hear an amen, Troy? All right. And so do we believe that there's hope for this community? Do we actually believe that? Or do we curse the community? Do we tear it down? Do we not affirm our community? Are we lifting it up? Well, Sunday morning, practically speaking, we are contemporary, we're contemporary and we're relevant, sure. But we want to be a church that's always focused on the guest. It's always focused on the visitor. Jesus said it's not the healthy that need a doctor. Okay, We want to be that life-giving place. And if we exist only for us, I believe we're shallow and we don't understand what discipleship really is. Because discipleship starts as an on-ramp to a faith journey. Everything that we do Sunday morning, everything that we are, is to be an on-ramp for the one that does not yet know. Okay? Well, well, that's selfish. You're always thinking about the other person. Selfish would be us thinking about us. We always want to be thinking about the other person. My my biggest concern when we bought this building is we went three years in, in the elementary school. I can guarantee you it was really easy in the elementary school to think of us as a church without walls because we didn't have any. It was really simple. We had a bunch of crates in the trailer that we had to back up my driveway every winter. Some of you have been there helping. You know, we'd come back and you guys would plow out our driveway so we could get the, the trailer up, all of these things. But now we're a church. We have a building. We can settle in. We can kind of get comfy, right? It's sometimes hard for us to go, no, no, I know I know what we're supposed to do, so let's take that next step. What does our community need from us? I've been praying about this during sabbatical since I've been back for the last month and a half. What is it that God really wants from us? Well, our culture which is St. Francis and now then the surrounding area, our culture here at the church is not going to change. Okay, We're going to be a life-giving church. We want to be a spirit-filled church. We're led by the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to be more concerned with the one that's going to spend eternity away from God than with us because that's what it's about. Have you ever, have you ever wondered this question? Let me ask, what does our church want or what does our community want in the church? You ever wondered that? Like, I wonder this all the time. What does our community really want in a church? And so this is what I did the last uh, last few weeks. I did a survey on this before I spoke today. And I asked a handful of people who typically won't come to church to share with me their thoughts. So this is raw. This is from them. This is not me. This is not edited at all. Would you like to hear what they said? This is people from within our community um, that I've had relationship with, though, so I could ask them. And I just said, what would you want to see in a church, and these are only people from St. Francis now in this area that do not attend church. This is, this is what they said. There's some themes here. The first was this. Someone that actually preaches from the Bible. We're good there. A sense of community. A place that becomes family and friends where I belong. Relevant and efficient. I asked the person what they meant. They said, preach from the Bible, make sure it's relevant, but do it quickly. <laughs> so I like that. They come from a background where the church went for, you know, two hours to three hours of their service. To be fun, don't put me to sleep. 
to feel welcomed, especially when I'm new. This about a paragraph here. I don't want to feel like an outsider. I like to be greeted, not just with a quick hello and then ignored, but have people talk to me. The why? It's hard for me to feel comfortable in a new place because of my anxiety. So when people go out of their way to make me feel comfortable, it's a place I'll go back to. Profound. The last one here I want to share is uh, what I would really like for is a place that is inviting and welcoming to anyone. So we have two main themes going on here. One is welcoming to anyone, and the other one is sticking to the Word of God. That's what our community wants. Is that not cool? I love that. Okay? So we gotta share, we gotta share responsibility here. I'm only one guy. We need everybody to be on that. We need everybody. Man, you see somebody that is just going, hey, have you ever gone to a party and you've been like the one that's not sitting next to anybody? You feel a little awkward? We want to make somebody not feel awkward. Just, hey, have a conversation with me. Get to know them. Number one reason a church grows. Over sabbatical, one of the things that I did is I did a study, um, a professional research study from my master's thesis on why churches grow and why some don't. I looked into church growth. The number one reason, this is from research, why a church grows. Any, any guesses? Shout them out. What's your guess? Nobody knows. Number one reason a church grows is when the pastor puts them on the spot. No. People is close. Somebody said people, for those listening on the podcast. Number one reason a church grows, number one over anything else, granted we're gonna, we're all agreeing that the Holy Spirit and God has their way, we're not denying that. Enthusiastic members. It's the number one reason. John Hayward does a whole article and he discusses his theories on church growth and decline by offering the premise, if the church no longer has people enthused about reproducing more people who are excited about the vision, then the specific church will actually cease to exist. All churches start with people excited about vision, but as excitement dies, so does the growth of the church. Okay, So we ought to be excited about what God's doing in our lives and around here. Share that with others. Don't keep it to ourselves. So believe God for the impossible. Number two. Everybody say number two. Come on. Number two. Trust. Ah, oh, trust. Ah, uh, ish. You ever done the trust fall? I hate the trust fall. You know why? I don't trust people catching me. Who knows what the trust fall is? Okay. I hate the trust fall. You get up and you fall back. Finally, one day, I convinced myself that I'll be okay with the people catching me. I will give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm a big guy, but I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I landed so hard on that ground that time, I've not done the trust fall since. Okay? But trust is a huge thing. We have to trust God today for the unknown of tomorrow. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, very familiar verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit or acknowledge to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust is simply this. It's not afraid of change. And trust is also not afraid of work, or excuse me, not afraid of risks. If we believe, number one, the number one regret that people have when they're, when they're later on in life, and they're more wise in their years, laying on their bed, is that they didn't take enough risks. I want us to be able to say, we don't know what the bridge has in store, every ounce and every detail in the future, but I want us to be able to say, we took risks where God wanted us to take risks. I want to live without regret when it comes to that. There's a couple ways that we can do it as trust. We trust in God, obviously. We trust the church leaders. But then God is entrusting to the congregation to be the ministers, not just the pastors, but we're all ministers. 
Number three, if you're with me, say yeah. I'm going kind of quick. Number three, pursue. Everybody say pursue. Pursue. I have to pick on my wife for a little bit, okay? And my wife and I, we first started dating when we were 16. And uh, she broke up with me a month into our dating relationship. Yeah, tough, tough. And uh, after that, for the next six months, I, like, desperately was pursuing her, okay? Like, just wanted to be with her, and she wanted nothing to do with me, like, at all. I would try calling her, and I could hear her mom saying on the phone, you should talk to him. And she'd be like, mm-mm, not talking to him. Next six months, finally, I prayed, and I'm like, God, let me get over that girl, okay? And uh, for the next six months, something happened, and she pursued me. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with you. In fact, we went to our prom, our junior year prom, and I said, I'm not going with you even as a friend, because I want to go with somebody that has a chance of being my wife someday. You're not it. Is anybody with me this morning? You guys all, like, sleep? Where are we at? Are you just so blown away by that, how stupid I was, or what? Where are we at here? Okay, all right, all right. Nice. But then, you know what she did? She was so in love with me. She joined speech class. And I learned later in our marriage just so she could follow me and be with me. Isn't that sweet? I still got more first place ribbons than you. All right. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says this. Whatever you, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Okay? We pursue God, but we also have to pursue what our purpose is as a church. You're part of the body. Okay? You might look funny, but you're still part of this body. Brave the unknown. Be okay with the unknown. It's all right. Star Trek, they go to places they've never been before. And if it seems terrifying and exhilarating to be of a church, to be part of a church like that, pursue it. Don't be afraid of it. Pursue it. I have God-sized dreams for this place, and I'm going to stay at it faithfully. It's been six years. I pray it's another, however, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, however old I get. But we have to constantly grow younger because someday there's going to be a cool young hip pastor that's going to preach circles around me and other people. And we need to give them a platform always. And that's why we have an awesome worship team and an awesome staff and awesome time where we have older generations and younger generations. we got millennials, Gen Xers, and baby boomers all working together. Come on, that's a healthy church, right? Praise God, come on. I can't be the only one awake this morning. I haven't had any coffee, all right? But if it's something that we think, hey, we can accomplish that as a church... It's not God-sized. Believe for the unknown. Pursue Him. Pursue your purpose. What's our purpose? Well, that's really our vision statement. Our mission statement is to be a life-giving church. Our purpose is really wrapped up into our vision, which I believe should be the vision of every single church, and that's to connect people to eternal life with Jesus Christ. It's that simple. And so I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you today to be relentless to see our communities come to Christ. Can we be relentless in that? I'm not saying be weird. I'm not saying be funky or, you know, we, we end up being weird Christians. We draw people away from Christ. But can we be the church? Can we be that church? Can we be relentless in that? Here's number four. It's celebrate. Celebrate. Joshua in the Old Testament would set up monuments as they entered new land as remembrance about what God had done. And they'd remember, they'd go back to it, and they would think about it all the time. This is what it says in Psalms, chapter 115, verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. What does that mean, not to us, 
oh Lord, not to us. It means even if we see cool things, we can't say it was us. We have to give that credit and that glory back to our Creator. We give it back to Him. But we celebrate what He has done. We celebrate Him. Can I just share with you just for a moment? I know Matt's playing behind me. Um, can I just share with you a few things that we can celebrate as a church? Maybe you're unaware of. I don't know. Is that okay? Give me a thumbs up, head nod. Thank you. Last week, I took school supplies that you donated, a couple hundred dollars worth. Some people filled backpacks. Um, we had, I don't, there was like 20 backpacks we ended up bringing. There was just hundreds of dollars worth of stuff that I brought into St. Francis Elementary last Tuesday. And I brought it in to, uh, to Scott Kruger, if any of you know him. He helps the elementaries, worked there for years. And I handed it to him, and the whole table was overflowing. We had much more than what just came in here. And I donate, we donated that as a church. And he said, he was kind of tearing up, and Scott's not the kind of guy that tears up all the time. And he just said to me, he said, uh, no kid's going to go without this year because of what you guys did. Come on, church. Let's just wait. We're going to praise God for all this, but let's wait. Just, just give me just a minute. Two weeks ago, we gave a donation, um, some Cabela's gift cards to the American Legion, you might not know about, who is sending care packages and raising money for our military who is serving right now in Iraq. We're a part of that. When our community asks us for something, we always give. And so we gave to that, and they're sending to hundreds of different military um, personnel across seas. Third, we went through some tough transitions at the end of last year. Okay? But your faithfulness has allowed us to bring on a children's director and other staff. We're bringing on a bookkeeper here in just, in just a, a week and a half. And so God is doing stuff. So your faithfulness has allowed us to expand even our staffing. So thank you. Number four, once a week, people who don't even necessarily come to a service on Sunday, but still consider the Bridge Church their home, they go to Woodbury Park, the historical park downtown St. Francis. They garden. Some of you have joined them. They pick up trash. They take care of the park. They sweep it. They make that park look spectacular. And for the last four years, I get letters and thank you cards from the city saying thank you so much. We know that we can depend on you. Thank you for being a vital force in this community, Bridge Church. If you go through the Woodbury Park, they actually put a brick dedicated to you in the park. It says Bridge Volunteers right on the path there. You can see. Because of what we didn't pay for that. They donated. They did that for us on our behalf. And we need to praise God for that. Here's last two are this. This, this one blows my mind. We have helped... So what are the things we're a part of? We're an Assembly of God church, and uh, we don't talk about our denomination. It's more of a fellowship. It's a covering to hold us accountable in our actions and what we do as a church. And one of the things that we're a part of is called CMN. That's Church Multiplication Network. When we started the church, we agreed to be a part of this network. And what we do is everything that comes in, we send a tithe out into our missionaries, and a part of that tithe goes into this network called CMN, Church Multiplication Network. We've done that now for the last six years we've been a church, faithfully. And so this is what has happened with our seeds that we have planted in this network that we are a part of. We have helped since 2008, or 2000, excuse me, 2010, we have helped over 271 churches start. Excuse me, that's this year alone. It's over a thousand since 2010. This September alone, September 2016, 
We are invested. Our money, the money that you give in tithes and offerings, we take a tenth of that and we give to other organizations. Part of that goes to CMN, which September alone, we will see 75 churches started. Is that not crazy? That's expanding the kingdom. Last one, it just blows my mind. Since the start of the Bridge Church, we have invested into missions, and since the beginning, we have seen 27,824 people make a decision to follow Christ because of our investment that's four times the size of St. Francis. That's what God's doing. You might not see all of that all the time. I get to see that all the time. Those that take care of the books, they get to see where all that goes. We're having a huge impact eternally. We want you to see that. We celebrate, but we give God the glory for what he's doing. We, we applaud for him. We're a church that celebrates, but we're also going to be a church that affirms. We don't tear down. What God blesses, we'll bless. You know, there's a ministry in town right now. came to me last week and said, man, we need some help. And I said, hey, I'll talk to, I'll talk to a few people at our church, see if we can send them. They're Methodists. We're AG. Who cares? It's the same God. Okay? That's where we're at. In celebrating, we give God all the glory. We're a church that will continue to make Christ the center. Here's what I want to do. I want you to take out your Connect card right now. Grab your Connect card. We're going to take a step of action this morning. If you're new here, you don't feel like you have to do this. Um, we want you to be in a place of acceptance and comfort. But I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith this morning. And I'm going to ask you to do four different things. Because here's the deal. As a church, you've heard me say, if we don't connect, we'll disconnect. And I don't want us to make an excuse. I want us to be the solution individually and corporately. So grab it. Everybody here, grab it. I don't, if you're, if you're a child, if you're an adult, if you're on worship team, I don't care where you're at. I want you to grab one of these. Everybody have one. If you need one, just raise your hand. We'll have one of the ushers bring you one. There should be a pen next to it. On the back of the sheet, here's what I'd like to ask you to do. Put your name on it, wherever. And I'm going to ask you to make a commitment today. Real simple commitment. I have four different ways you can commit to expanding what God wants to do here. And I'm asking you to pick two this morning. If you're like, no, I can only do one, pick one. Pick two, please. Number one is pray. Well, that's so simple. It is, but man, when we intercede, God shows up and he shows off. Number two is invite. The easiest Sunday you could ever invite somebody to is next Sunday. Say, dude, I'll buy you lunch. I got a pulled pork buffet for you, man. Real simple, real practical right now. Pray, invite. Number three, if you look behind me right now, you'll see yard signs. We've never done yard signs before. Okay, they're really cool. They're fancy. They're double-sided, and they were very inexpensive. And a friend of mine who owns a printing company made it for them less than cost for us to be able to do this. Take one on your way out. Shove it in your yard. Maybe that's number three. I'll prom- maybe it's take a yard sign or promote on social media. We're not promoting us, but we're promoting what God is doing in and through the Bridge Church. Number four is this. Join or lead a needed ministry. Okay, when I say needed ministry, we don't need a small group for left-handed puppetry. Okay? We just don't. All right? Joe would be the only one there. Joe's, I'm kidding. So join or lead a needed ministry. Maybe you're going, Pastor, I'm just not gifted. I'm not ready. I'm not equipped. I don't think I'm the best at that. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. None of us think we're the best at anything. We're all replaceable. Yet God has chosen you for a reason and for now. Maybe it's helping children's ministry. There's, you can see all the places of help. I'm asking you to pick two. So what I want to do. I want to invite our worship team on up. We're going to pray. And what I'm asking you to do is take a step of faith this morning. 
I want you to bring it to the altar and I want you to commit to this between you and God. Whatever it is, however you want to help. Maybe there's something other than those four things. But I'm asking you to do at least two and drop it in one of these popcorn buckets, okay? Let's stand to our feet. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.